following broadcast is brought to you by Ring the Bell Podcast. You're here. I'm here. Let's do this! This is Mr. Quarantine Dream, one half of your co-hosts of this magnanimous podcast that we have known, appreciated, valued as the Ring the Bell podcast. I am so glad to be joining you right now. We're in a particular space and time right now. And unfortunately, my co-host is out sick. Let me specify that by saying that he is not sick with COVID-19, not sick with the Delta variant. Of course, that is something on the top of everyone's minds when we speak about a person being ill. Uh, Thankfully, it is not that because PFITS is Robin. Mr. 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 Smoke him if you got him is a responsible human. So he is out for other reasons at this current moment. Today is Saturday, August 7th. And we had this podcast episode planned for this particular date. So I want to honor my commitment and speak to you as best I can. And I want to make it clear that I am not here for a long time. I'm just here for a good time. And I want to speak to you good people. Because I miss you good people. I appreciate you good people. I value you good people. I love you good people. And I mean that. So without further ado, I'm here, you're here, let's do this! (laughs) That will never die, good people. That will forever be over. That's the only thing on this podcast we ever put over. Mm. I'm drinking a very fancy drink right now. As the valet, as the valet likes to say, you're drinking a fancy. Uh, I'm drinking some weird drink that features a cold brew. Uh, it features a mix of a Bayesian 
from the island of Barbados in the Caribbean, rum, and uh, coconut, and it's very delicious. It's the first time I've ever had anything like this. The taste is unique, a little bit sweet, a little bit bitter, a little bit tart, and a little bit smart. <laughs> so, a big roll tied to P. Fitz's Robin, who's out at this current moment. P. Fitz's Robin will return. My illustrious co-host will return later this week. Um, I'm checking in with you good people right now. Right now, we'll just make this a, a, a part one of the podcast. Mm, that was a mighty fine drink. Um, as I said at the top of the show, today is Saturday, August 7th. Um, and I want to speak to you because a lot has happened the last week. A lot, a lot, a lot has happened here in this COVID era of combat entertainment and entertaining combat. This week, the WWE granted Ric Flair, woo! Ric Flair, the release that he asked for. And there's quite a bit of background on Ric Flair being released. And if we're speaking to the moment, honestly, about Ric Flair, well, Ric Flair has no fealty for anyone. Ric Flair this week, of course, said, for clarity's sake, on social media, he said that he appreciates Vince McMahon. He appreciates the relationship he has with Vincent Kennedy McMahon as we so affectionately call Petty Kennedy on this podcast (laughs) Ric Flair asked for his release he did not like his current trajectory with the WWE I'm not sure at all if the WWE had any plans for him that were significant, but he's Ric Flair. He is a walking, talking, breathing, living legend. Living legend. And he's important to our ecosystem in professional wrestling. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. But also having grown up with Ric Flair in a particular era, the 90s, I have seen Ric Flair transition from company to company to company. And so him asking for a release, petitioning for a release, is not that big of a deal. Obviously, Ric Flair sees greener pastures across the other end of the fence. You look at AEW right now. You look at their landscape. You look at the fact that all of these veterans 
by which belong to the class of Ric Flair in our ecosystem of professional wrestling. You look at the fact, consider the fact that Jake the Snake Roberts gets television time every week. My man, the one and only, Tully Blanchard, gets television time each and every week. Arn Anderson, the man, the myth, the legend, Arn Anderson, gets television time almost every single week. With Ric Flair at AEW, you got three quarters of the four horsemen present under one roof, one umbrella, likely getting television time every single week. That, my friends, is powerful. That, my friends, is powerful. And to be honest, to be perfectly honest, in my purview, I see nothing better, nothing better for Ric Flair than joining AEW. And I am no show for AEW. I am certainly no show for WWE. If anything, I'm a show for NXT. And even then, I'm not a show for that. And we'll talk more about that in brief shortly. But my goodness, man. Ric Flair? I understand the perspective from a production angle or from a, 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 a television angle not having Ric Flair on television every week in WWE. But for some reason... AEW does it right. AEW does it right. And I think that Flair, considering just how much right AEW has going on right now, he'd be a fool. A fool not to cross over. So to Ric Flair, I bid you adieu. I thank you for your time in WWE, and I am excited, ecstatic for your time in AEW. Now, moving on to a little bit of other business right now. (laughs) The Fiend. The cult leader. The swamp style evangelist. Bray Wyatt. Wyndham Rotunda. Was released by WWE this week. And folks, I don't even know how to properly approach this. Because the shock, and for lack of a better term, the horror of letting Bray Wyatt, Wyndham 
Rotunda. Go? That is a tremendous loss. And yes, that was a pregnant pause. You heard. That was a pregnant pause I gave. I wanted to give breath to that. Oxygen to that. Because that is incredible. That is an incredible mistake on the part of WWE. Now, let me preface this as saying that myself and my co-host have a difference of opinion concerning Bray Wyatt's release. My co-host, at least earlier this week, when this news was fresh, my co-host alluded to the fact that Bray Wyatt previously requested his release from the company. And that may be true. To be honest, that is true. But to my memory, that was quite a long time ago at this point in time in history that Bray requested his release. By all accounts online, if you're a web sleuth for combat entertainment and entertaining combat, (laughs) if you are indeed a web sleuth, you might have recognized or realized that John Laurinaitis spoke to the moment. He spoke to the moment of when he made the call to give, in air quotes, the unfortunate news to Wyndham Rotunda, i.e. Bray Wyatt. He had to give him the unfortunate news, which for me informs my opinion that Bray had no idea his release was coming, that he would be let go from the company. And why should he? Why should he believe that the company was going to fire him? Why should he believe that the company would separate themselves from him? Bray Wyatt has not done any wrong. The excuse that's been provided to us is that WWE, for all intents and purposes, is trying to trim the fat. They're trying to cut costs. And Bray Wyatt, the fiend Bray Wyatt, especially and in particular, The fact that he was such a huge financial generator is ridiculous to have cut him. Ridiculous. All of the merchandising, all of the potential All of the creativity, all of the intellectual prowess, 
everything that that man and that character embodies was WWE through and through. Yes. It embodies WWE. Let me tell you why. Many of you, I think, will agree with me. You are inclined to do so. I would think. Because when you look at Bray Wyatt, when you look at The Fiends, when you look at that creation, when you look at that intellectual prowess, I see... A WWE supernatural creation. And what I mean by that is it's really hard to see a Bray Wyatt existing anywhere else. His father is IRS. He's a second generation superstar. A second generation professional wrestler. And he's wrestling for the company that his father wrestled for and made a name for himself and fed his family with that company Bray Wyatt for all intents and purposes consumed the business of professional wrestling with a WWF WWE hell WWWF purview because of his father much like Randy Orton very much like Randy Orton it's hard to imagine or see a Bray Wyatt in AEW I'm being honest about that I'm not saying that Bray can't materialize in AEW and be larger than God in that company because he can but my goodness the timing of it all the timing of it all is just ridiculous I think if Bray Wyatt the fiend if he took that creative force and energy And again, I use the term intellectual prowess across the ocean to the land of the rising sun. He'd be marquee. He would be the A1 apex player in that arena, in that venue, in New Japan. And honestly, this podcast host would like to see him there over anywhere else imaginable. That's where I'd like to see Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda, or whatever his future iteration and namesake may be. You know what else is pressing about this moment and really kind of 
just damaging about it all is that two weeks ago through the ether of our ecosystem here in professional wrestling here in combat entertainment we were able to hear consider reckon with the reality that AEW may be in fact signing Brian Danielson i.e. Daniel Bryan and a certain punk CM punk chick magnet punk Chicago made punk my goodness what a time to be alive what a time to bear witness to such magnanimous and important talent in our ecosystem to have that in the ether in the lexicon in discussion in debate a week ago over a week ago mind you and then fast forward jump ahead to this week and you drop Bray Wyatt hey Petty Kennedy what the hell are you doing <laughs> seriously what are you doing man add on top of that Ric Flair add on top of that that as of more or less 24 hours ago on August 6th Petty Kennedy Petty P-E-T-T-Y all capital Kennedy that's Vince McMahon we're talking about, y'all, if y'all don't know. Petty Capital P-E-T-T-Y Kennedy <laughs> decided to cut 14 people yesterday. All 14 were NXT talent NXT talent I am sure Triple H was fuming I am sure Shawn Michaels was fuming now I'll be honest because on this podcast we shoot from the hip nothing's pre-recorded nothing's pre-arranged Nothing's predetermined on this podcast, ironically. 
because of what we talk about on this podcast. Out of those 14 names, the only name for me of sincere concern was that of a young Bronson Reed. That guy was talented. That guy is talented. And rumors, for rumors' sake, as they go, have thus today suggested that Bronson Reed was being called up to the main roster, which is part of the reason he dropped the North American title. And let's be honest, it might be part of the reason he was ever given the North American title. I mean, he earned it, rightfully so. He is a dynamic talent. But rumor has it that as of eight days ago on SmackDown, he was found to be backstage commiserating with producers, current producers of SmackDown. And one can only speculate because that's all we can do here. We're not insiders. We don't have any inside information. One could only speculate that he was plotting and planning his debut on SmackDown. And seven days later, cut. I believe I have said this before. And I must say this again I believe that Petty Kennedy P-E-T-T-Y Petty Kennedy I believe that he is positioning himself for a sale and likely that sale is to Disney likely And I gotta be honest. I don't want Petty Kennedy to sell. I don't want him to truly give the reins over to an outside entity or an outside force. I don't want that. I don't think any of us really want that. But if Disney, which has been spoken about at this point for at least 10 years, if Vincent Kennedy McMahon, Petty Kennedy on this podcast, affectionately known, if he is jockeying for position, preparing himself, getting himself ready to sell, I don't know if anyone else is more worthy than Disney. Look at the Disney properties thus far. Look at the landscape of what Disney has done thus far. They've messed up. They're still Disney. They're very much imperfect. 
but equally beloved. Look at the facts. Look at the stewardship, if I can use that word. Look at the stewardship of Disney as it concerns Star Wars thus far in these few short years. A wild success, a proven success. Look at the stewardship of Disney as it concerns ESPN. They own ESPN. All the UFC fights that I love and cherish and pay for and value and watch and consume. They've done a good job. Look at Disney's stewardship with the Marvel Universe. They have done an exceptional job. And it's not Disney and Disney alone. And let me also say that no one gets over on this podcast, especially a corporation like Disney. But if they're going to be stewards, let's just hope that they are good stewards. Really quickly, I want to go over what Vince McMahon, Petty Kennedy said. And I quote, This is Vince McMahon speaking about AEW. And I quote, It's certainly not going to a situation like with WCW, where it's the rising tide, because that was when Ted Turner was coming after us with all of Time Warner's assets. That was a different situation. AEW is where they are. I don't know what their plans are. I only know what our plans are. I don't consider them a competition like I would WCW back in the day. Nowhere near close to that. And let me end this podcast episode, this podcast brief, if you will, with what Cody had to say this week on television at the close of AEW. Let me sit you guys down with this. Cody said, and I'm paraphrasing here. We are not the alternative. This is destination viewing. It is a competition. That's Cody Rhodes. On cable, national television. So all I can say at this present moment is if WWE is not planning to sell, then they need to recognize 
the competition on the horizon. Because at the end of the day, a rising tide raises all ships. A rising tide lifts all boats. Competition, controversy, generates cash, according to Eric Bischoff. I would like to see competition because it is a competition. It's just that WWE, Petty Kennedy, needs to accept that it is a competition. As some of you know, in the background, as far as this alleged restructuring and trimming of the fat, so to speak, going on at WWE corporate, there's a certain man with the last name Khan. And this certain Khan K-H-A-N when he was hired by the company by Petty Kennedy the thought process the idea that he stated at the press conference or presser or maybe it was a board meeting I don't know at this point in time don't care to look it up but the fact of the matter rests that he stated that his intent in his position of corporate leadership was to elevate WWE to the level of the Marvel Universe to the level of the DC universe to the level of the Capcom universe. He wanted to make WWE a premier brand and destination essentially for heroic and villainous fantasy. And as we all know, listening to this podcast, because we're all nerds, We're all nerds. (laughs) Different walks of life, but we're all nerds. Different backgrounds, but we're all nerds. Different geolocations on this big blue marble, but we're all nerds. We're all simpatico. As we all know, fantasy and anime and heroism and villainy, all of that, all of that imagination, All of that creativity is highly valued in our society. And it's a lofty goal to try and attempt for the WWE. But it's possible. It's possible. What's impossible for me to reckon with is the idea of wanting to achieve that level of fantasy, villainy, heroism, storytelling, and not have 
a Bray Wyatt. Are you kidding me? No one fits the bill. No one is better cast in the mode than Bray Wyatt. The Fiend Bray Wyatt. No one is better built to carry that creativity and imaginative power than a Bray Wyatt, a Wyndham Rotunda. So to let that go, hmm, speaks volumes. Now what I will say, and this is just the man speaking right now. And I don't mean Becky Lynch. (laughs) I just mean myself as a human being, as a humanist, so to speak. I will say with respect to my background, my experience, I am concerned. I am concerned for the man behind Bray Wyatt, the man behind the feed, Wyndham Rotunda. I am concerned. I don't think it's lost on anyone. And if it is, it should not be lost any further past this monologue, if you will. It should not be lost that Wyndham Rotunda has struggled, struggled with the passing of one of his nearest and dearest and closest friends in this journey of professional wrestling and more so, more importantly, in this journey of life. Obviously, there's a lot of fanfare and a lot of genuine love for John Huber, a.k.a. Brody Lee. There's a lot of love, sincere and genuine love for that man in locker rooms around the world, amongst friends, and most certainly amongst family. But we all know and have come to understand that Bray Wyatt took it very, very, very heavy. Deeply so. And that gives cause for concern. Sincere concern. Because this human being on this platform does not want to lose Wyndham Rotunda on any level. So whatever may be going on in the background, whatever may be going on in the background, which please recognize and respect is not fully our business as fans, But as a human being, I hope Wyndham Rotunda 
is taking care of himself. I hope Wyndham Rotunda is able to reach out and get the help that he needs. Because I don't want to lose Wyndham Rotunda. By his own hand or his own devices. So let's value human life. Let's value people. And in all of this fanfare that we have, in all of this passion that we have for professional wrestling, let's remember that there are, there are real people and real families and real friends in the background of these characters, in the background of these lived imaginations. Let's remember and consider the importance of their care outside of the squared circle. With that being said, I bid you all adieu. Goodbye. For now. And good night. I'll see all of you down the road. Blessed. Smoke him if you got him. Smoke him if you got what's he talking about? I don't know.